The Functions of Crime by Emile Durkheim. This classic essay, written in 1895 and translated many times since, points to crime as an inevitable part of society. Durkheim's main functionalist thesis that criminal behavior exists in all social settings is still the theoretical basis for many sociological inquiries into crime and deviance. If there's a fact whose pathological nature appears indisputable, it is crime. All criminologists agree on this score. Although they explain this pathology differently, they nonetheless unanimously acknowledge it. However, the problem needs to be treated less summarily. Crime is not only observed in most societies of a particular species, but in all societies of all types. There is not one in which criminality does not exist, although it changes in form and the actions which are termed criminal are not everywhere the same. Yet everywhere and always there have been men who have conducted themselves in such a way as to bring down punishment upon their heads. If, at least, as societies pass from lower to higher types, the crime rate, the relationship between the annual crime figures and population figures, tended to fall, we might believe that, although still remaining a normal phenomenon, crime tended to lose that character of normality. Yet there is no single ground for believing that such a regression to be real. Many facts would rather seem to point to the existence of a movement in the opposite direction. From the beginning of the century, statistics provide us with a means of following the progression of criminality. It has everywhere increased, and in France the increase is the order of 300%. Thus there is no phenomenon which represents more incontrovertibly all the symptoms of normality, since it appears to be so closely bound up with the conditions of all collective life. To make a crime social illness would be, would be to concede that sickness is not something accidental, but on the contrary derives in certain cases from the fundamental constitution of the living creature. This would be to erase any distinction between the physiological and the pathological. It can be certain hap certainly happen that crime itself has normal forms, that is, what happens, for instance, when it reaches an excessively high level. There is no doubt that this excessiveness is pathological in nature. What is normal is simply that criminality exists, provided that for each social type it does not go reach or go beyond a certain level, which is perhaps not impossible to fix in conformity with the previous rules. We are faced with a conclusion which is apparently somewhat paradoxical. Let us make no mistake. To classify crime among the phenomena of normal sociology is not merely to declare that it is inevitable, though regrettable phenomenon arising from the incorrigible wickedness of men. It is to assert that it is a factor in public health, an integrative element of any healthy society. At first sight, this result is so surprising that it is disconcerting even ourselves for a long time. However, once that first impression of surprise has been overcome, it is not difficult to discover reasons to explain this normality and the time, at the same time confirm it. In the first place, crime is normal because it's completely impossible for any society entirely free of it to exist. Crime consists of an action which offends certain collective feelings which are especially strong and clear-cut. In any society, for actions regarded as criminal to cease, the feelings that they offend would need to be found in each individual consciousness, without exception, and in the degree of strength requisite to counteract the op opposing feelings. 
Even supposing that this con condition could effectively be fulfilled, crime would not thereby disappear. It would merely change in form, for the very cause which made the wellsprings of criminality to dry up would immediately open up new ones. Indeed, for the collective feelings which the penal law of people at a particular moment in its history protects, to penetrate individual consciousness that had hitherto remained closed to them, or to assume greater authority, whereas previously they had, they had not possessed enough, they would have to acquire an intensity greater than they had had, ha had had up to then. The community as a whole must feel them more keenly, for they cannot draw from any other source the additional force which enables them to bear down upon individuals who formerly were the most refractory. In order to exhaust all the logical possible hypotheses, it will perhaps be asked why this unanimity should not cover all collective sentiments without exception, and why even the weakest sentiments should not evoke sufficient power to forestall any dissident voice. The moral conscience of society would be found in its entirely in, entirety in every individual, endowed with sufficient force to prevent the commission of act of any act offending against it, whether purely conventional failings or crimes. But such universal and absolute uniformity is utterly impossible for the immediate physical environment for which each of us is placed, our hereditary antecedents, the social influences upon which we depend, vary from one individual to another and consequently cause a diversity of consciousness. Consciousness. It is impossible for everyone to be alike in this manner, by virtue of the fact that we each have our own organic constitution and occupy different areas in space. This is why, even among lower peoples where individual originality is very little developed, such originality does, does however, exist. Thus, since there cannot be a society in which individuals do not diverge to some extent from the collective type, it is also inevitable that among these deviations, some assume a criminal character. What confers upon them this character is not the intrinsic importance of the acts, but the importance with which common consciousness ascribes to them. Thus, if the latter is stronger and possesses sufficient authority to make these divergences very weak in absolute terms, it will also be more sensitive and exacting. By reacting against the slightest deviations with an energy with which it elsewhere employs against those that are more weighty. It endues them with the same gravity and will brand them as a criminal. Thus, crime is necessary. It is linked to the basic conditions of social life, but on this very account is useful, for the conditions to which it is bound to themselves are, are themselves indispensable to the normal evolution of morality and law. Indeed, today we can no longer dispute the fact that not only do law and morality come from one social type, vary from one social type to another, but even but they even change within the same type of the conditions of collective existence are modified. Yet, for these transformations to be made possible, the collective sentiments at the basis of morality should not prove unyielding to change, and consequently should be only moderately intense. If they were too strong they would no longer be malleable. Any arrangement is indeed an obstacle to the new arrangement. This is even more the case the more deep-seated the original arrangement. The more strongly a structure is articulated, the more it resists modification. This is true for functional as for anatomical patterns. If there were no crimes, this condition would not be fulfilled, for such a hypothesis presumes that collective sentiments would have attained a degree of intensity unparalleled in history. 
Nothing is good indefinitely without limits. The authority with which the moral consciousness enjoys must not be excessive, for otherwise no one would dare to attack it, and it would be petrified too easily into an immutable form. For it to evolve, individual originality must be allowed to manifest itself. But so that the originality of the idealist who dreams of transcending his era may display itself, that of the criminal which falls short of the age must also be possible. One does not go without the other. Nor this at all. Beyond the indirect utility, crime itself may play a useful part in this evolution. Not only does it imply that the way to necessary change remains open, but in certain cases it has also directly prepared us for these changes. Where a crime exists, collective sentiments are not only in the state of plasticity necessary to assume a new form, but sometimes it even contributes to determining beforehand the shape that will take on. Indeed, how often is it only an anticipation of the morality to come, a progression towards what will be? The freedom of thought that we presently enjoy could have never been asserted if the rules that forbade it had not been violated before they were solemnly abrogated. However, at this time the violation was a crime, since it was an offense against sentiments still keenly felt in the average consciousness. Yet this crime was useful since it, the prelude to changes which we would daily become more necessary. From this viewpoint, the fundamental facts of criminology appear to us in an entirely new light. Contrary to current ideas, the criminal no longer appears as an utterly unsociable creature, a sort of parasitic element, a foreign, inassimilable body introduced into the bosom of society. He plays a normal role in social life. For its part, crime must no longer be conceived of an evil which cannot be circumscribed close enough. Far from there being cause for, for congratulation when it drops too noticeably below the normal level, this apparent progress assuredly coincides with and is linked to some social disturbance. Thus, the number of crimes of assault never falls so low as it does in times of scarcity. Consequently, at the same time, and as a reaction, in th the theory of punishment is revised, or rather should be revised. If the fact of crime is a sickness, punishment is the cure for it, and cannot be conceived of otherwise. Thus all the discussion aroused revolves around knowing what punishment should be to fulfill its role as a remedy. But if crime is in no way pathological, the object of punishment cannot be to cure it, and its true function must be sought elsewhere.